Hello and welcome to Her Ambition, the podcast that supports ambitious young women to start their career right. This is a podcast that celebrates a generation of female leaders opening doors for the next. I'm your host, Josie Sequira Shuka, and each week I'll be talking with a new inspiring woman so that we, as the next generation of successful women, can learn from their mistakes, their successes, and most importantly, lay a solid foundation for our own futures. Today is a special episode of Her Ambition because it's the last episode of season one. And today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Sharon Hegarty. Since 2020, Sharon has been the mobile marketing director of Samsung. She has worked for an amazing collection of companies, including Virgin Media, Sky, TalkTalk, 3UK and Vodafone. Sharon is a senior marketeer and leads organisations through fast-paced change and evolutionary business transformation. So I'm really looking forward to all the tips she has for us. Sharon, welcome to Her Ambition. Hi JC, lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you on. So at the start of every interview, we ask three random quickfire questions just to get Mm -hmm. the ball rolling and to get over the, the Zoom fatigue, I suppose. So my very first question for you is, if you wrote a book about your life, what would you call it? Oh, good question. Um, well, I think I'd call it Thanks Mum, because my mum really has been the best role model for me. Um, but I might have a second title, which would be maybe Dancing Queen, because I love dancing, I love music, and I always have. And, you know, for everybody, life in lockdown over the years has been pretty tough experience um and like most working parents I have a lot on my plate and one, one way to relax is you know dance around the kitchen so I've had a, a fair share of dance-offs with my daughter over the past year so um <laughs> definitely maybe a uh, dancing queen I'm definitely one of those people that has a soundtrack to their lives and um you know I love a song Oh, okay. That, that's really interesting then that you'd call your book title might be Thanks Mum, which I think is absolutely lovely because I think we can all relate to just thanking our mum for everything that they do for us and Dancing Queen. I want to know as well, this is an extra question, what is your favourite song to dance to? Oh, it's probably going to have to be a Madonna. Okay. <laughs> She's definitely a soundtrack to my life. Um, probably something like Getting to the Groove. <laughs> I love it. Madonna, excellent. <laughs> Now, my next question for you is, what was your dream job when you were a child? Well, I wanted to be an actress. You know, I loved to sing and dance. And I used to perform for my mum and grandparents every night before going to bed. Um, and I always enjoyed performing in school plays. And I was in a local theatre group. Um, but as I got older, you know, school work started to take over. And I realised that I wasn't the best actress. And also, I wasn't the best singer. I just loved doing it. But I guess you wanted to be an actress, which is a really creative thing to do. And Mm -hmm. do you think that that actually relates to your job in marketing? Is that also a creative job? Definitely. You know, marketing is all about um, being creative, bringing fantastic ideas, driving innovation. Um, And I love seeing new ideas come to life through the campaign work that we develop. So absolutely, you know, creativity has always been at the heart of everything I do. I've done throughout my career so I'm really passionate about it so the art performing arts music entertainment um so all of that really is part of my marketing role excellent really interesting and my final quickfire question for you is what's one thing that you wish you were better at oh again just going back to my performing arts probably singing (laughs) um I do sing in a church choir 
um, now. I'm not the best singer, but I just love it. And I've really missed singing during lockdown. So I'm a real, um, you know, people person. So I can't wait to get back with my um, with my choir and to bring joy back to the congregation again. No, I love that. I love singing as well and singing new choirs and everything. It's such a like a kind of universal feeling, I suppose, singing and like making sound and having fun. So um, now we're coming on to the key questions of okay. the interview, which are about you and your role. So you're Samsung's mobile marketing director. So it's a big title. I'd love to hear exactly what you do in your role. Yes, absolutely. So I'm marketing director for the UK and Ireland, and I joined back in February 2020. Um, I've previously held marketing director roles at Fergie Media, and I've also had over 20 years marketing experience through similar roles at Sky and Talk Talk. Um, and three UK. So um, when I joined Samsung, I was really able to bring uh, all of that experience together. Um, I'm a part of a wider leadership team at Samsung, and it's all about um, developing fantastic campaigns, bringing 5G to life, um, delivering our customer loyalty programs, and making sure that um, you know we're providing the services and products to our customers. So it's really an exciting role because I work across so many different parts of our business portfolio from mobile phones to new computing to buds to watches to our Samsung services so it really is a huge remit. Um, I'm also really passionate about our Samsung Pioneers which is um, a recent project that we've launched championing greater gender equality within the UK technology industry and we ran our latest Samsung Pioneer event which was an interactive panel on International Women's Day. So that was about bringing together some brilliant thinkers and advocates of women in tech to discuss and address challenges facing females in the workplace. Excellent. So, wow, it sounds like you do so much in your role <laughs> and there's so many different, very kind of things. And you said there that you started working at Samsung just over a year ago, mm -hmm. but that you've been in marketing for a really long time. So I'd really like to know your marketing story. Like, How, how did you get into it? When I left university, I went to University of Sheffield and um, my degree was actually in communications and linguistics. And so when I left, I really wanted to work in television or the music industry. Um, but my first job was actually working in a record job, which I've been doing as part of uh, my student life. And um, when there were record jobs, if anyone can remember those. Um, and it was while I was there, I was, you know, applying for lots of jobs. And a friend of mine at the time had just started working for a mobile company. And it really caught my attention uh, to get interested in mobile and technology and communications. So I applied for a job at Vodafone and ultimately got the job. It was really the start of the mobile sector. So, you know, not many people had mobiles in those days. And then when I was at Vodafone, I moved on to the advertising and brand team. So doing more of the above the line TV advertising. And then also I launched Vodafone's first integrated website, which was my first dip into in digital. So it really gave me a, a brilliant foundation um, in marketing. And then I went on to work for Hutchison One Power, which became Three. Um, and that was very much at the start. So I launched Three back in 2003. Um, we were the first company to bring video calling on mobiles to life, as well as you know music downloads. So it was really groundbreaking at the time. Um, and it was there that she had 
both my children. I have a son and a daughter. And after my son was born, I decided I wanted a bit more flexibility. So I actually decided to set up my own business and consult independently. It sounds like I took a break, but it really didn't. It gave me the flexibility to work with companies like Warner Music Group. So I actually finally got to work in the music industry. So I worked with Warner for a couple of years. And then I took on a global role with Sega. So I went into gaming. Um, and if I hadn't had the confidence to set up my own business at that time, you know, I never would have worked across those industries. And it really gave me a chance to explore something outside of telecoms and taking that risk really paid off. And then after uh, my children got a bit older, I decided to get back into the more corporate world. And um, so I went back into telecoms and I went for Talk Talk, launching their mobile proposition and fiber and also getting their brand re- ready for Talk Talk TV. And from there, I moved to Sky TV. So again, finally working for a TV company um, where I was marketing director there, responsible for driving customer growth across Sky TV and broadband and all their content services, such as um, Sky Cinema and Sports. From there, I moved to Virgin Media um, and now Samsung. I think it's really interesting that you say when you took that time out to do your own consulting, that it sounds like you were taking a break because I can just tell <laughs> anyone who knows you will say she did not take a break. She doesn't take, she doesn't do that. And um, you talk about record shops. I was actually in a record shop yesterday. Oh, brilliant. You see, yeah. vinyl's making a comeback. Definitely. I love my vinyl. Definitely. I mean, you know, having everything on, on Spotify is great, but that physical record and putting it on and listening to it, it just takes, it's brilliant. I think definitely resurgence in vinyl. Oh, for sure. I think it makes you actually like listen to the music so much more and really like appreciate it because you're having to do that physical action. And also the craft of designing, you know, record covers, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's real, the marketing and machine that that goes around launching an album. Um, And, you know, I worked in the record industry for a couple of years. It's just a phenomenal marketing machine. And you sort of forget that when just downloading things all the time. So um, it's a real craft that goes into um, launching music, which is uh, which I've always really appreciated as well. Yeah, a real craft, a lot of creativity and marketing as well. So absolutely. So you've had so many different roles and you've been doing so many different things as well. Is there someone who's really influenced you in your in your career journey? Like, have you had a had a mentor or someone who was guiding you, or, or lots of different people? Well, in general, I'll go back to my you know book title. Uh, Thanks, mum. You know, my mum's been a massive inspiration um, to me from the start. She's always encouraged me and pushed me, you know, in the right direction. But different people have definitely influenced me at different times in my career. My first boss at Vodafone was a huge influence in terms of pushing um, me in my development. It was my first proper job. And um, he taught me not to be afraid, but to try, you know, and sometimes fail, but learn from it and move on quickly, not to dwell. I also have continued to have mentors or go-to people throughout my career. And these from friends. Um, also like ex-bosses that I've worked with over the years or agency partners that I've worked with. And I really reach out to them when I need support and advice. Um, I do think at different times of your life, at different times of your career, you need, you need different things from different people. So it's really good to have that varied view. So you've had lots of different mentors from all the different kind of parts of your life and jobs that you were in. And mm. I think one thing that lots of young women think to themselves is, I need to get a mentor. Mentoring sounds amazing. I need a mentor, but how do I get a mentor? I'm imagining that the way you don't get a mentor is going up to someone and saying, will you be my mentor? So what's your advice there to those young women? 
Well, there are so many ways to find a mentor and find the right mentor, but it is reaching out to people and um, seeking advice. You know, even people, if they're not a mentor, have asked for advice. People are always willing to provide advice and support. So it might well be, as I said, someone you've met at an industry event or someone you've sat next to in dinner or an old colleague. Um, but it is about, as I said, finding that right mentor. Someone you can go to and get advice without judgment is really key. And, you know, young, young girls in education and women entering the, the world of technology are really on a journey of growth. So a mentor, whoever that is, should really help instill self-belief and also help you to grow your ideas. Now, as I said, I've been in marketing for quite a while now, and um, I've been a huge advocate of this. That's mentoring through my own career. So and having mentors myself, as well as mentoring others. And, you know, I really love the saying, you can't be what you can't see, which is so true. So it's really important to ensure that um, you know, we're providing a gateway for young women coming into the workplace, as well as supporting those that are already in it. You know, I've said to me, I've already said that my mum's been a massive inspiration for me, but I also want to be a huge inspiration for my daughter. You know, my daughter is continuing her A-levels in STEM subjects right now. She's 16 and a half. And it's important for me that she's aware of all the opportunities, whether it's in tech or the wider industries, and that she has a good pathway in the career that she chooses. So um, I think when I look at the tech sector, and particularly, there's definitely more work to be done um, to make it more accessible to women. I love, and I find it really interesting that you said that you love the phrase, you cannot be what you cannot see, because that's actually mm -hmm. one of the quotes that was in my head constantly when I started this podcast. It's so true. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing coming here, but also mentoring um, lots of other girls and women. So you said that you've mentored other people. Is, is there one like continuous bit of advice that you think you've been giving to people over the years? I think it is that self-doubt and self you know, believe in yourself, believe in your ability, um, you know, don't give up um, and try. I mean, I was actually on a call with a friend last night and she was debating over taking a role and, you know, there's lots of reasons why she couldn't, she shouldn't take it, but there was a massive amount of reasons why she should. And she was just women and hollering about it. And we just got to a point, I was just like, just accept the role. And if, you know, she's quite experienced and she was saying, I'm not sure I can do it. And I'm not sure about this. I'm just saying, Yes, you can. You've been offered the role. They want you. You have the ability. Just accept the role. So um, you know, not to have that self-doubt. And it's all about that self-belief. And uh, also, you know, always volunteer for things. You know, put your hand up. Make people know you're there. So um, that's, you know, that, that's, that's, really, that's really key. And you said there that your that your friend wasn't sure whether or not to accept the role. Do you think do you think that's more common with women than it is with men? Definitely. Again, I see it time and time again. I interview you know a lot of women in, in my career as well, and um, you know the, the capability is definitely there. Sometimes the it's the confidence that isn't applying for something is the, is the first step and making sure that um, you know you you have the skills. You've been offered the opportunity, so just believe in yourself. So it's about having that confidence and also about having that mentor and someone who's there to help you and say, yes, yes, you should take it. Yes, you need to go for things. So you've worked at so many different organizations. You said earlier that you've worked at Sky and Talk Talk and 3UK and Virgin Media and now Samsung as well. So that's a lot of different organizations. Do you think that you've learned different lessons from working in each of your organizations? 
Definitely. I mean, I've been really lucky to experience different cultures across those different companies. You know, I've also worked with you know, Hong Kong Chinese, Japanese, now Korean companies, um, working with companies from the States and Europe. Absolutely. You know, you learn something in every role. But the biggest advice is for me is really understanding the business that you are joining. So they may sound like similar types of industries, but they all operate very differently. You know, make it your business to understand the business, um, understand the purpose, understand the culture, and just get to know how the rhythm of the business works. And um, you know, a lot of companies have similar challenges. You know, it's about customer growth, it's about customer retention, it's about growing their business. But the way they approach that is is very different. So learn to listen, absorb what's going on, and um, really get to know, as I say, the people, the way the business takes. So make it your business to understand the business. You said that. Yes. I, I really like that phrase. So yeah, so do you think different companies actually have, they have different motivators and like different kind of, did you say um what makes them tick as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, and different companies have different purpose, right? So um, again, find a company that aligns with your purpose and that's really key and have your own purpose and mine you know I have my own personal purpose which is to inspire others and pay it forward and you know that comes through with we talked about earlier about mentoring but working for someone like Samsung Samsung is a company that is there to create a better world for all it's about um, the ability to break down barriers through our technology um, and to make everything more accessible for 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 everyone Okay, interesting. So know yourself then, I suppose. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we all know, no one knows you better than you. Um, but sometimes something, my purpose I've developed over over the years, it's not something I just woke up in my 20s and thought, oh, that's what I want to be about. But as my career's developed, I know that I really want to pay it forward. And my job now is to bring new talent through, is to inspire young women in tech, and it's to inspire my children. So, and anyone else um, around me. So um, I very much see that, that as my job. And, you know, I've, sat, I've, I've tried, to re- tried to review my purpose, you know, every couple of years. I just keep coming back to the same thing, you know. Um, so if it, if, if it works for me, I'll stick with it. <laughs> but reflect on yourself and think about what, what your purpose is. And you said there that no one knows you better than you, but maybe apart from your mum. Yeah, apart from thinking. your mum. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually brings us nicely to the next question, because there you just talked about, you know, bringing talent through and inspiring the next generation of people. What what type of people do you think the marketing industry needs moving forward? Well, marketing teams really need to represent the customers they are talking to. You know, it's having that diversity of thought, you know, driving relevance that really excites me. Um, and it's essential for brands to, to survive. You know, relevance is absolutely key. You know, people buy from brands that they have things in common with. So a more diverse industry will really encourage better opportunities, more creativity. Um, and we need to make sure that we discover myths that certain roles are better suited for men or for women. You know, it's really key to equipping the next generation of female talent that um, to be fearless and just go for, you know, for their dreams. So women should feel absolutely comfortable in pursuing their interests at every stage of their career. So um, it's really about having a breadth of talent coming through uh, marketing and making sure that as, as recruitment, we're not always fishing in the same pond. 
it's widening that widening those nets um, whether it's through further outreach programs, apprenticeship, university programs, just making sure that um, you know we're going beyond where we normally recruit, for example. And this month, our Samsung Pioneers platform, we actually launched new research. We looked at gender stereotypes in the work with unconscious bias, and that still exists today. And interestingly, it did identify that there are certain roles that are perceived to be seen for men and some for women. But encouragingly, um, the majority of respondents saw that many of these roles now are seen as gender neutral, which I'm really encouraged about. But it did reveal these statistics that stood out. And that 15% of respondents said they hadn't applied for a role in fear of what others might think because of their gender. And also nearly one in five, that's 17% felt that um, they felt out of place within the workplace because of their gender. So if we're putting people off at the industry at the point of entry, we're not really going to attract the best talent. So um, it's really important that we bring passionate people, um, creative people, bold people, regardless of their gender, into the marketing industry. Absolutely. And I really liked what you said there about not fishing in the same pond and actually widening the net and fishing from lots of different ponds. And that's quite 15% of people fearing about what other people might think of them for taking on a role that's actually quite big. And I imagine that that isn't just women fearing that either. That must be men as well fearing about taking on different roles. Absolutely. It was, it was across, across the agenda. So, um, you know, we need to, again, dispel any myth that, you know, all roles are for everybody. It's about getting the best person for the job, regardless of gender, you know, race or background. It's just about getting, attracting the best talent and having the best person for the role, ultimately. But making sure that we're open for everyone to be able to apply in the first place. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So making that really open at the beginning. And yes. Do you think that there are different pressures on ambitious young women who are aiming high that are perhaps not necessarily also placed onto men? Definitely. I think um, from what we've already discussed, there can still be some barriers at the point of entering certain industries. And we definitely need to change that. I think another pressure as we are you know, working women can feel is when you start a family, um, whether it's something you're thinking about now or in the future or not, not at all, but it can be different for working parents as priorities change. You know, from my experience, when my children were younger, I wanted more flexibility because um, I wanted to be able to spend more time with them when they were younger. So I had to, I had to find a solution that worked for me at the time. So, um, and that was, you know, leaving my and going it alone and consulting independently for a time to work around that um, and to work around them. But actually, it challenged me to try new experiences and I wouldn't have worked for Warner Music and I wouldn't have worked for Sega and experiences those different cultures and opportunity if I'd just stayed in my role and, and not tried something different. When I did return to the corporate world in full time, you do notice that some of your male counterparts have moved up the ladder I don't regret the time having consulted when my children were younger, but I do acknowledge that the challenge that women have when they do take time out, for example, is that there's a bigger barrier for progression when they return. Um, And so from my own experience, I found that this time is when most women actually depart from industries when they have their children. They don't always come back. So it does mean that um, the talent pool gets smaller as um, you become more senior. As I said, it doesn't apply to everyone, but it's definitely one of the reasons why I believe leadership teams tend to be more male dominated. And I think the research I touched on earlier, Sean, a light on this, 
Um, and when we have asked consumers about their association to leadership roles, we still found that men were four times more likely to be linked to leadership roles than women. So that's 23% versus 5%. And these gender associations are still so ingrained with us. That's not just at a C-suite level, but that's just senior roles in general. And that really has to change. That really has to change because, as you said before, it's narrowing the talent pool. And ultimately, I suppose, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, which which isn't going to help anything. And um, we're talking about there about women and the challenges that are placed on women, and especially when they're you know, going back to work. One thing I think that I personally sometimes struggle with, and I know that a lot of other girls do my age, is struggling to promote themselves, not necessarily always to be as confident as we should. How can we start practicing that from an early age? Like, what do you think we can do in order to, to show our you know, fullest selves? I think to actually practice it, draw up your cheat sheet, list your successes, replay them back to you, you know, stand in front of the mirror with your you know, superwoman stance. Um, <laughs> I always do that before I go on stage when I'm presenting. Um, but I think it's really important that you promote what you're most proud of. You know, these are solid deliverables. So let people know what you've done. Ask for opportunities to showcase your work, whether that's at team meetings or in weekly reports. You know, get, getting airtime is sometimes hard, I know, um, especially this last year when everyone's on um, video calls. But, you know, the self-promotion starts with you. So be your authentic self and be proud of your achievements. You know, there's nothing wrong in telling someone that you've done a great job shout about it but I also think it's important you get a champion to support you um you know let other people tell how great you are to others and real champ- champion and support you as well and you know young men tend to be much louder and and better at shouting for opportunities and shouting when they've done some great work and you're right you know young women do lack confidence so a lot of my experience that that lacking in confidence is, is really unfounded. So it is about that, that self-promotion, um, self-belief, and absolutely develop your cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, my other advice is don't let doubt niggle. You know, put your hands up to opportunities. If you've been given, given an opportunity and your boss thinks you're ready for it, just accept it, even though if you have those yourself dull and make sure you get feedback as well I think it's really good to get 360 feedback sometimes you know taking on criticism and we don't all like it you learn from it self-promotion also comes with working cultures around you and in particular feeling empowered so you need to really take that empowerment and um, you know pursue interests at every stage of your life so it's and again it's all about empowerment at Samsung we empower our women all the way from education to aspiring talent through to, you know, in a, becoming an established leader. Wow. So there's so much there that I'd like to talk about. So first of all, there's the idea that you actually, you can practice self-promotion and literally then write down a list of your achievements, I suppose, and recite that back to yourself. Yes. Okay. I love that. And also find a supportive tribe, I suppose, around your people that can champion you forward and help you feel empowered, you talked about there as well, which is something really important. And also, don't let doubt niggle. So if there's something in the back of your mind thinking, I don't know whether to accept it and I'm not sure what to do, don't listen to it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Yes. Put it back in the box. (laughs) (laughs) So put it back in the box. It's not important. We're just going to go for it and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Excellent. So now we're coming on to the questions that we ask each guest that comes on the podcast. So my first one for you actually links so well to what we just talked about because it is, what is your biggest achievement, Sharon? Well, before becoming a parent, um, I'd say my biggest achievement was the first, uh, being the first person in my family to go to university. Um, you know, that was a very exciting time of my life. Um, and from a work perspective, you know, launching three at the time back in 2003 was a real career highlight. It was the biggest startup in the UK for you know, many ever, I think, um, you know, making the market, creating video calling for the first time, providing mobile content services that now we just take for granted and working with such a breadth of brilliant people. It was just a, a, an amazing career highlight. But I must go back to becoming a parent. You know, I don't want to sound too cliched, but having children and then being able to continue with my career has been such a huge personal achievement, you know, and it's tough at times, you know. I know many women and men um, trying to balance um, being a parent and working. And um, I know some women have taken a, taken a step back and leave work altogether. That's fine. That's their choice. But um, for me, being able to do, do both is a huge achievement. And uh, I said before, you know, I, my purpose really is to inspire others and pay it forward. And I want to continue to inspire you know, my son and my daughter and help them achieve whatever they want to do in life. And I think that's such a big achievement as well as actually helping other people achieve things because, and I love this quote as well, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. So yes, exactly. So you're standing on the shoulders of so many women, including your mum and everyone listening is also standing on your shoulders as well. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, it's just, it's cyclical, you know, people help you, you help people. There's nothing better than helping someone and see their careers flourish. I mean, I've had people working for me and they've gone on to do, you know, become CEOs of their own of their own um, companies. It's and I, I'm so proud. I've helped influence and shape their careers, and um, it's just amazing to see people succeed. Get a real sense of uh, pride when I see that happen. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, that's one thing that's so important about being a good leader is having pride of lifting other people up as well. Absolutely. You know, my job as a leader is to motivate, to lead, um, and make my team be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So now my very final question for you is, what are your top tips to young women who are just entering the world of work? Just absolutely self-belief. Um, but first and foremost, build your network. You know, when you join a company, just reach out to people. In some of my previous roles that I've had in the past have just been through people I know, and it's my network and recommendations that have have got me the job. Um, so this is really key. Um, it's also crucial you understand your business you're currently working in or hoping to work in. You know, learning isn't just about formal courses. So a coffee in with the finance team or the commercial team or a team that you don't work closely with, you know, reach out to people outside of your area. Don't stay in your swim lane. Stay curious. You know, I have a real thirst for passion and knowledge and, um, you know, always ask a question in a meeting and always make sure you contribute. There's a reason why you're there. People want you in a meeting because they want to hear from you. So don't be shy of giving your opinion. Um, and finally, don't be afraid to try things and fail. You know, some of the best companies, most successful companies have come off the back of failures. So um, the best leaders just learn from it. 
always be confident in your ability. Um, volunteer for new projects, you know, put your hand up. As I said, forget that self-doubt and those confidence wobbles. You, you've earned a right to be there. So really embrace the challenge. One of my favorite words is thrive. Thrive in what you do. Love it and be passionate and yeah, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thrive and build your network is something that you said is so important and reach out to teams that you don't normally work with, which I think is such a great tip. I've actually never heard anyone say that before, but that's so important again in building your network and don't stay in your own lane, go across lanes, yeah. volunteer for new things, but also fail, which is I yeah. think a really interesting one. Fail, but don't dwell on it, just learn from it. Mm-hmm. Everyone does fail, but- Absolutely, you know, you, you know, when you're driving and working for innovative companies, there's always going to be an element of things that don't work, but you've got to just, you know, take on that, take that as a learning and yeah, take it forward and move on and it'll make it better. Go again. One of my old bosses used to say, go in and share something with him and he was like, mm-hmm. should we go again? Go again, go again, make it better. That's always stuck with me. <laughs> That's an excellent way of, act- so actually instead of thinking, oh, I failed, just think, no, I'm going again. Yeah, go going. again. Go again. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on Her Ambition. It was great to have you on. I loved all your tips and advice and experience. It's been great. Thank you, JC. And um, it's been great meeting you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Her Ambition with Josie's Acquire Ashuka. I would really appreciate if you could rate, review and subscribe so that more young women can find out about us. Find all our episode and social media details in the show notes below.